Hello, and welcome to the History of Haiti. So last episode, we ended the Haitian Revolution with the assassination of Jean-Jacques Dessalines, the Emperor of Haiti. In this episode, I will do a final look back at the Haitian Revolution and transition into the period of Haitian history known as Divided Haiti. So we started in the French colony of Saint-Dumont in 1791. It had a population of around a half million, with three main classes, the whites, the coloreds, and the blacks. The whites hated the taxes imposed on them by France, hated the coloreds, and wanted to create more laws discriminating against the coloreds. They went into the Haitian Revolution believing that this would be their big break. They believed that they would soon cast off the shackles of France and declare independence for Saint-Dumont. The coloreds went into the Haitian Revolution believing that, with the help of France, they would overturn the laws discriminating against them and become equal citizens of Saint-Dumont. When the slaves of the North went into revolt, what they wanted was to secure better treatment, the abolition of whipping, and freedom for their leaders. No one at the time would have guessed that this would all end with emancipation and so in the hectic summer of 1791, everyone in saint went to war with everyone else. In the West and South provinces, the Whites found out that France had given equality to some of the Coloreds, and they went into revolt. In response, the Coloreds revolted, and both sides began a civil war. The conflict between the Whites and Coloreds gave the Blacks the opportunity to go into revolt themselves, and soon the North Province, the most lucrative part of the colony, was up in flames. Here is one of the great what-ifs of the Haitian Revolution. What if the Whites and Coloreds had managed to maintain any of the peace deals that they had agreed on? What if they had stopped fighting each other and focused on defeating the slave uprising? In this alternative history, instead of giving the slaves the time they needed to mobilize and gain strength, it is possible that the slave uprising could have been crushed quickly, but that's not what happened. The whites and coloreds made several truces, but all of them quickly fell apart. Another great what-if is what if the French had made a truce with the slaves? At the start, all the slaves were asking for was better treatment and freedom for their leaders. And if you will remember from episode 7, there was one deal offered to the French by the leaders of the slave uprising that offered to end the revolt in exchange for freedom for just 60 of their leaders. What if the French had taken this deal? If this had actually ended the slave revolt, then who would have won the Whites v. Colored Civil War? If the Whites had won, would they have established an independence on Dumong? If the Coloreds had won, would they, finding themselves now equal and in an identical position to the Whites, have worked with the Whites to establish an independence on Dumong? And what if this deal hadn't ended the revolt? What if the slaves, instead of returning to slavery, had mutinied against their leaders who had just sold them back into slavery? But the French did not take this deal, 
and instead of 0.0001% of the slaves being freed, 100% of the slaves would be freed. So then, as I talked about in episode 8, Suthano, Pulverell, and Governor Galbo, I hope this is ringing bells for you, arrived in the colony, and they changed everything. Galbo was imprisoned by the second commissioners, and then went into a revolt. What followed was the first battle of La Cap, then Suthano agreed to free slaves who fought for France, and then Galbo, along with much of the white population of the colony, fled for the United States. Then Suthano declared emancipation for all slaves. Another great what-if, what if Suthano hadn't declared emancipation? The whites v. colored civil war didn't end in 1793, it just changed. The whites who were in revolt joined the invading British and the coloreds mostly allied with the French. Meanwhile in the north, Toussaint Louverture defected to the French. Toussaint Louverture, along with André Rigaud, secured French control over Saint-Domingue. The Spanish withdrew from the colony, forcing the slave armies they had been supporting to join the French. It is here in these first few crucial years after Haitian emancipation that we find one of the great trends that defined the Haitian Revolution and the first decades after Haitian independence, the restoration of slavery in almost all but name. As I have talked about, Haitian leaders like Toussaint Louverture, André Rigaud, Jean-Jacques Dessalines, and, as I will eventually get to, Henri Christophe, many of whom had themselves been slaves, forced black ex-slaves back onto the plantations. Over time, as Toussaint consolidated power, the conditions became worse and worse for the cultivators, to the point where the difference between cultivation and slavery was minimal. So after the withdrawal of the Spanish, both Toussaint Louverture and André Rigaud tried to consolidate their hold over the colony while trying to force the French administration of the colony, namely the Third Commission, to leave the colony. The British invasion, due to tropical diseases like yellow fever, had been an economic and militaristic disaster for Britain, and Britain left the colony in 1798. With Toussaint controlling the north and Rigaud controlling the south, a civil war, the War of Knives that I talked about in episode 15, broke out. But André Rigaud really had no chance against Toussaint Louverture. Toussaint had a much larger army and the support of the Americans, and so he won the Civil War, and sent André Rigaud into exile. This is where the First Revolution ends. The Haitian Revolution is composed of two revolutions. The First Revolution abolished slavery and gave Toussaint Louverture control of Saint-Domingue. Now with control of Saint-Domingue, Toussaint Louverture created a government that was basically the first government of independent Haiti. He created a constitution for Haiti, uh, I mean, Saint-Domingue. He maintained foreign relations with America and Britain, 
and he, like many other Haitian leaders did, rebuilt the plantation economy and forced the blacks back onto the plantations. Sure, technically Saint-Dumont was still a part of France, but Toussaint acted as though Saint-Dumont was independent from France. But the leader of France, Napoleon Bonaparte, hated that Toussaint was acting independent and wanted to restore slavery in Saint-Dumont. And so he sent Leclerc to invade Saint-Dumont. And here we get to possibly the greatest of the what-if questions in the Haitian Revolution. What if Napoleon never invaded Haiti? What if, instead of trying to overthrow Louverture and restore slavery, Napoleon had just accepted emancipation and embraced Louverture? Napoleon, when he was eventually exiled from Europe, said that the Leclerc expedition was a mistake, saying, quote, with an army of twenty-five to 30,000 blacks, what might I not have undertaken against Jamaica, the Antilles, Canada, and the United States itself, or the Spanish colonies? End quote. Historian and podcaster Mike Duncan, in season four of his Revolutions podcast, when discussing the Leclerc expedition, said, quote, there was an opportunity here to make General Toussaint, his senior officers, and the well-trained army they commanded, partners in his plans for global domination. But instead, Bonaparte tried to screw them over and push them all aside. Unquote. So the Leclerc expedition arrived in Saint-Dumont and began a war with Toussaint. In just months... Toussaint was overthrown and deported from the colony. But then news arrived that Napoleon had restored slavery in Guadalupe, and the entire colony revolted. It is here that I must pause to talk about one of the most important effects of the Haitian Revolution, the Louisiana Purchase. So in the 1700s, France owned a massive chunk of land in North America called the Louisiana Territory. The Louisiana Territory stretched from the Gulf of Mexico all the way across the modern-day Canadian border. Then, the French gave the Louisiana Territory to Spain. When Napoleon came to power, he envisioned to once again quote Mike Duncan, a French-dominated Gulf of Mexico, unquote. So he took the Louisiana Territory from Spain. His plan was for the Louisiana Territory to supply Saint-Dumont with food so that Saint-Dumont could focus on producing cash crops like sugar and coffee. But then Saint-Dumont revolted, and Napoleon was left with the Louisiana Territory that was now useless to him. So he sold the Louisiana Territory to the United States in the extremely creatively named Louisiana Purchase. So back to Saint-Dumont. The entire colony revolted. It was the Second Revolution. Yellow fever decimated Leclerc's forces. Then the black and colored generals who had remained loyal to Leclerc defected. Leclerc died, and Dessalines won the War of Independence against Rochambeau. Dessalines then declared independence for Haiti, and Dessalines began his massacre of the French, which killed the few remaining whites that remained in the country. At the start of the revolution, thirty to 40,000 whites ruled the colony of Saint-Dumont. 
But then they revolted, and everyone else revolted, and they were all either exiled or executed. Dessaline then declared himself emperor of Haiti and created a new constitution for Haiti based on the constitution of 1801. While he was emperor of Haiti, John Jacques Dessalines made everyone in Haiti hate his guts, and it's kind of surprising that he ruled for almost three years without a major revolt breaking out against him. But when that revolt, led of course by Alexandre Petion, did break out in the fall of 1806, it quickly crushed Dessalines. His allies turned on him, and within just weeks he had been assassinated. The final death toll for the Haitian Revolution is hard to precisely measure. 45,000 British soldiers were dead mostly because of yellow fever. About 60,000 French soldiers were killed during the Leclerc expedition, and another 10 to 15,000 French soldiers were brought over to the colony earlier in the revolution and died. At the start of the revolution, 560,000 people, not counting illegally imported slaves, lived in Saint-Dumont, and about 18,000 of them had died or fled the colony by 1804. The dead were mostly black ex-slaves. Three men emerged from the Haitian Revolution as the most powerful men in Haiti. Jean-Jacques Dessalines, Alexandre Petion, and Henri Christophe. These were the three people who had won independence for Haiti. Henri Christophe was a protege of Toussaint Louverture. He controlled a large army in the north, had fought alongside Louverture in Louverture's war with France, and was one of Dessalines' greatest allies in Dessalines' reconstruction of the plantation economy. Under Dessalines, Christophe used force to compel the blacks to return to the plantations. Alexandre Petion, by contrast, was a protege of André Rigaud. Alexandre had been Rigaud's strongest supporter in the War of Knives, and had followed Rigaud into exile, and had returned with Rigaud to Saint-Dumont, though Rigaud had been exiled back to France by Leclerc. Alexandre was the leader of the revolt that had overthrown Dessalines, a revolt that had been composed of coloreds. After the assassination of Dessalines, the conditions in Haiti were perfect for civil war. Both Henri Christophe and Alexandre Petion were powerful and ambitious. Both were experienced generals who had the loyalty of soldiers and officers. Christophe controlled the north. Alexandre controlled the South. So that's the Haitian Revolution. I have spent these last 18 episodes covering the most famous period in Haitian history. It is the most successful slave revolt in human history. The slaves who revolted in Saint-Dumont became symbols of freedom and equality and inspired many other slave revolts. The blacks of Saint-Dumont fought for liberty but they paid a bloody price for it. Tens of thousands of them now lay dead, but those who had survived had won freedom for themselves. They were no longer slaves. They were Haitians.
As I said in episode 20, I am much less familiar with the period of Haitian history known as Divided Haiti, and so I will have to go on hiatus to research Divided Haiti. During this hiatus, I will be posting three supplemental episodes covering things in the Haitian Revolution that I did not talk about, but which are nevertheless important to the history of Haiti. So in two weeks, instead of episode 23, there will be a supplemental episode covering the story of Polish Haitians who were brought to Haiti to fight for France, but who defected to the Haitians. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm.